Shorts Weather Podcast. I'm your host, Emily Campbell. And before we even begin, yes, this is another solo hosted episode. So if you're not here for that, just click away now. Don't waste your time. But if you are, thanks for hanging out with me. (laughs) So I can't lie. This one is all my own doing. I tried to get some guests, reached out on LinkedIn and email to a few people and either schedules didn't line up or I didn't get responses. I wasn't up on the chip to get guests as early as I should have been, so I take the blame for this one. I don't have any excuses, but I still wanted to come hang out with you, so hopefully you are either on the road, in the office, or just looking for somebody to spend a little time with you, and if you are, maybe I can be that person for a little bit today. You probably saw the title of this episode, which... I don't know exactly what it's going to be yet as I record this, but I have an idea. And you're probably wondering why I'm even on here. If I'm being completely honest, there's another reason that I didn't have anything planned for this episode until tonight when I am getting it recorded, which is pretty close to the, quote, deadline I need to upload. And if I'm being honest, I just don't feel that inspired right now. Now, I'm not not down and out not canceling the podcast. I'm not shutting it down just because I don't feel inspired in this moment. But I thought if this is something I'm thinking about and something that I've experienced before and I know that other people, especially who are in creative industries, work on creative projects, I know that they've experienced this too. I thought, well, maybe that's a sign that this episode is too meant to be talked about if I could talk, oh my god, this episode is meant for talking about creative burnout, feeling uninspired, creating when you feel like you're forced to, and what to do when you're just not feeling it in whatever it is you're doing. So if you're down for that and are open for a little um, open discussion, might be long, might be short, I have no idea where this is going to lead, but if you're looking for a little attempt at some intelligent conversation... Let's just go ahead and hang out together for a while. Before we get started, this is my one plug and then then I'll be done. Um, but if you're new here and you have liked what you've heard or are going to like what you're going to hear, I don't even know why I do this at the beginning. I should just wait until the end. Whatever. The marketer in me is cringing, but the talker in me can't help it. So, you know, if you feel like I'm worthy of a subscribe or a follow or a notification bell, go ahead and do that on whatever pod platform you listen to podcasts on. Spotify is actually the most popular. Um, Google and even web listening has really taken off for this podcast, if you are curious. So um, wherever you're listening, if you want to subscribe and you want to leave five stars, I'd love that. And if you don't, it's not going to change my day. But I had to get my one plug in before we get started. I have dealt with the feeling of being uninspired in creative pursuits for a long time. So I've always been somebody who has had a creative mindset. I've always, even at a young age, been somebody who likes to write. Um, For a while I was like, you know, I like to draw art. Um, I got older and realized that I was not very good at it, so I kind of got away from that. Um, But writing's always been a big thing I've done. Video, photography was a really big part of my life for a long time. 
Um, not near as long as Katie Clark, if you remember her from my very first episode. Um, but photography was actually a really big deal to me for quite a bit of my adolescence into adulthood. Um, videography, even doing creative projects at work. I know before um, I stepped into the role I'm in now, which has some creative elements, I was in a marketing and communi- communications type role. And so there was a lot of creativity that was asked of me in that area. And that's something that I've always enjoyed. I've always liked it. Um, I think it's something that is a strength of mine. So for a lot of the time, I would say the majority of the time, creativity and coming up with ideas and getting excited about the ideas I have or the ideas of other people that I'm working with, it's been really, really easy for me. Um, That's been a strength in the workplace and um, in some of my pursuits like this. But as you work on creative projects, um, whether they're your own or even sometimes at work, if that is the nature of your work, you can find yourself at times feeling uninspired. And that can happen for a couple of reasons. It can be that you've worked on the same project for so long and you've become burnt out. It can be because you are really busy and you don't have time to dedicate um, the mind, the mental space and capacity and bandwidth to that project. I think it's a misconception by people who aren't necessarily creative or naturally creative that, oh, well, you're creative. It must just come naturally to you. And for some of us, or a lot of us, it does, but people underestimate the amount of thought, and like I use the word bandwidth, it takes a lot of bandwidth to properly execute creative ideas, especially um, when the stakes are higher, so in the workplace or when your livelihood depends on it. So something like this isn't necessarily asking as much of me as, you know, when I was working in social media content having to sit down and develop a monthly calendar every single month of new, fresh content. Sometimes it was easier, sometimes it wasn't, but that required a lot more bandwidth than something like this podcast because the stakes were so much higher, um, the importance was so much higher, my paycheck depended on it, so um, it just was a little different environment. But I know this time of year, um, my work gets really busy, my, my day job, my real job. I work in early talent recruiting, Um, so I go to career fairs on college campuses, I go to high schools, and I really love that aspect of my job, but as you can imagine, the travel and the time, um, it takes a lot of my time. So for about a month, I don't see much of my house except my bed at night, Um, sometimes at lunch, not always. I don't see a lot of my friends. I don't see much of anything besides work. And I I don't mind that. I like what I do this time of year. I love my college contacts. I love getting to meet with students. So that's not a complaint. But the fact is, I don't have a lot of extra time for these next four to six weeks to dedicate to much else beyond the requirement. So if I'm getting enough sleep, I have enough time to eat decent meals, I can go work out, and I can call some friends and obviously go to work. That's about as much as I'm going to get accomplished most days for the next few weeks. And like I said, I'm okay with that. But as you can imagine, it doesn't leave a lot of time for things like this podcast. So I know that's why I have felt uninspired and kind of not as excited maybe to dive in and prepare things for episodes because I've just been so busy that I haven't had time, even 
in the back of my mind to think much about what I want to do on new episodes, what kind of guests I want to get. I've had a few ideas. I mentioned that earlier. And my ideas don't always pan out for guests. For every one guest I have on here, I've probably reached out to four or five. And like I said, either the timing is wrong, they don't think podcasting is their thing, they don't have an interest in it, or I just don't hear back. And and that's okay. But obviously it takes time then to think of two or three or four more guests to try after somebody declines or, you know, I don't have a response. So that's what I'm dealing with right now is that feeling of you feel uninspired, you feel like you have no ideas or no good ideas, and I've felt this way with creative projects in the past. So some of you may remember, some of you might not. I think we talked about it in my episode with Katie. I have always been a writer, like I mentioned before. I hope I don't have to keep saying that. I'm sorry. But I've always been a writer. Always have loved it. Um... And so I've had a few attempts at having a blog throughout my life. And the most concrete, maybe I'll call it, I don't know if that's the right word or not, but the most, let's just go with it, the most concrete attempt um, that I have had at a blog was when Katie and I um, did one together in college. We did it for different reasons. We've talked about this before. I did it more of a, a creative outlet and something I liked because I like to do it. And for Katie, it was more of a portfolio builder, skill builder um, type of project, which it was fun. We both wrote about different things. We have different styles, and we would take turns every other week. So I'd write one week, she'd write the next, and pretty consistently, especially at first, we had a new podcast or a new blog post every single week, I think it was Wednesdays or Tuesdays we came out with one, and we had all kinds of different topics. It's still up. It's called Joy in the Journey Co. Um, If you can find it, it's like a a Wix free site. We were poor, so we weren't about to pay for... Well, I take that back. We did pay for it for a year, so it looked really legitimate. Um, And then we had to fight with customer service when we didn't get our plan canceled in time after the first year. So you can still find it. Um, It's still linked to like old posts and um, there's a Facebook page for it out there if you want to see the blog um, and the posts we made. But that was something that for a lot of the time was really fun. We started it in the spring, I think, if I remember correctly. And so the end of the school year and then into the summer when we both had internships and didn't have a lot going on, we had a lot of fun getting those posts written. Um, We had a lot of ideas built up. We would sit down and have planning meetings, which is kind of (laughs) stupid. Sorry, Katie. I mean, it was my idea too, so it's I'm not throwing Katie under the bus. But we would have planning meetings. Um, we had a lot of things that we wanted to accomplish. We would talk about professional topics. We would have funny posts. We'd have more serious, thought-provoking posts. It. We just had a lot of ideas we wanted to try, and some worked and some didn't, and uh, we had a lot of fun with it. But I remember... So we started it in the spring, I think, and then went on summer break where we had our internships and wrote quite a bit then. And then we came back from the fall and things started to get really busy. Um, Right about middle, probably about this time actually of the semester was mid-September, early October. 
her and I, we both had part-time jobs off campus. We both were taking a full course load. Um, we both had other activities that we were in. So there was a few other things asking for our time and obviously hanging out with friends and having a social life too. And I can remember her and I would go back and forth of one week, oh my gosh, you know, I don't have time to write one. Would you mind writing one this week? Or we'd ask each other for almost permission to skip and neither of us cared. It wasn't like it was a business, didn't matter. But that started to happen more and more frequently. And when it did, and I was guilty of this too, I know her and I talked about this a lot, you know, the night before it was, quote, due, um, or even sometimes the morning of posting the blog, we'd rush and write some shitty 400-word post. We didn't really care about it. We weren't that inspired. Um, We'd post it, and then we would get, like, 15 views on it, which wasn't a surprise to us because we didn't even like it, so it wasn't a shock that it didn't really garner a lot of um, eyes on it either. And that went on for quite a while until finally, um, I don't know if it was when we graduated or actually I think it was before we graduated, we kind of were like, you know, we don't have time to do this the right way. It's not a priority for us. Um, So we stopped, slowly stopped writing and um, that kind of fell off. So then I started my own blog um, later. Same thing happened. I had one or two really, really good posts Um, actually the two posts I'm, well, I should take that back. There's one post on the old Joy in the Journey that Katie and I wrote, um, about kind of my take on feminism. And maybe I'll do an episode on that because I still have a lot of strong opinions on that post, um, and additions I'd like to make. So I should, I should do an episode on that. Anyway, that podcast or that blog post on the Joy in the Journey one that Katie and I had together. And then I did a very spicy take on self-help on my new blog that was, it was like Joy in the Journey 2.0 or something. I don't remember. But it was more of like my personal portfolio site. And then I wrote a couple more posts. And then after that, it just started to feel like more of a chore. And I, I want to be clear Good writing takes effort. Maybe the topics will come to you naturally, but to sit and write something in a way that is compelling, that tells the story accurately, that sounds like it took some time, it takes time. So I was caught between this feeling of feeling like I had to write, I had to post, and this desire to write something meaningful and that mattered to me and that I was excited about. And when I didn't have an idea that I was passionate about, it was really hard to merge those things together. And I know you can't see me, but I'm doing the thing where you're like, fingers come together and cross. (laughs) This is why maybe I'm more of a, a visual media person. But it was really hard to combine those two elements when I wasn't all that inspired about what I was writing. I have a graveyard of blog posts on my computer of blog posts I've started, of blog posts that have 
been something I was excited about once and kind of fell off. Um, I think that I, in my lifetime, have underestimated how difficult it can be to chase an idea down and then know when it's time to either get rid of it, change it, stop pursuing it. And I think that is sometimes my problem with ideas and topics that I come up with, that it almost feels like you failed if you give up on on an idea that you've come up with yourself. For instance, if I, well, I, I know I've felt like this, like let's say the blog, stepping away from that felt like like I was giving up. It felt like I was very defeated, that writing was not for me, because it seemed so simple. It's like, well, I'm a writer, and I'm good at writing, and people say I'm good at writing. Why can't I just write a blog post every other week? So it felt very, like, I don't know the right way to describe this, but it was almost like a sign that my writing wasn't good enough. Like, I just needed to pick it up. It's like, well, if you're such a writer, then you just need to come up with ideas and put the pen to paper. A 1,500-word blog post isn't that much. Can't you just crank it out? So that's been something that's been a theme through my life as somebody who likes to create things, write things, whatever it might be. And I've, as I've gotten older, and I've talked about this with people too, it can be hard if you're somebody that lives on structure and that lives on, um, you know, being able to accomplish something. So for instance, posting a blog every week, putting out a podcast episode every two weeks. If you thrive on that and having that structure and being able to check the box, it can be hard to take a step back when your schedule doesn't allow that or when your mindset doesn't allow you to do that in a way that's effective. Because if I wanted to put out a podcast episode every single day, I could just get up an hour earlier and record something and put it out there for the world. But you and I both know that's not going to garner anything too meaningful. Mostly because I'm not sure I have that much meaningful things to say. But even if I did, I don't think that spending an hour only an hour every day on creating and recording and posting content without being able to spend more time thinking about it, preparing for it, refining it, I don't think you're going to have a product worth listening to. Like I said, I think people underestimate how long it takes not only to actually, let's say, write the blog post or record the podcast episode, for instance, But all the time it takes to prepare in advance, to work through editing, whether it's a podcast episode, um, photography. So like when I record a podcast episode, let's say the finished product is an hour and a half to an hour and 45 minutes. That seems to be about where my episodes with a guest are running. So if I have an hour and a half episode with a guest, you hear an hour and a half of audio content realistically, I probably have closer to four or five hours in that episode. And that varies from episode to episode. But if you think 
at least a half hour to reach out, connect with the guest, whether that's virtually, um, like to actually ask them, hey, do you want to be on the podcast? Because if, especially if it's somebody I don't know that well, I have to write a little more compelling of a pitch for them. You know, is this worthy of their time? I've got to convince them of that. So a half hour to reach out to the guest. Another half hour to an hour or more to do any background research, write questions. I realize my episodes aren't scripted, but I do have a guide list of questions um, and prompts that I prepare for my guests so I know how to guide the conversation and they have at least an idea of what I'm going to ask. So they don't have the exact questions most of the time and I don't have exact questions either. But at least they know the vein that this episode likely will go down. So that's a chunk of time. And then let's say recording the episode, if you hear an hour and a half, it may be closer to two or even three hours to record the episode. Um, I don't cut a lot out, but even 10, 15 minutes at the beginning just to chat, catch up, talk about how this will work another 10 or 15 minutes at the end that I cut off that my guest and I are debriefing, wrapping up, I'm thanking them for their time. And then any blurbs or blips, tech issues that happen in between, all of that, you don't hear it, but it takes time. And then afterwards, writing descriptions, preparing social media posts. And this is where I cut down a lot of time too, because if I wanted to really pursue this as a income opportunity, let's just say that. First of all, I'd need to spend a lot more time refining the episodes. Second of all, I would need to spend at least twice as much time, if not more, and money to advertise it, um, to place it, to give it some SEO ranking, um, build more of an audience on social media. Because right now, most of my audience is organic. All of it is. Most of it's people I know and people who I know have shared my episodes with other people, which I really appreciate. So all of that to say, the better episodes I've had have taken a lot longer to prepare than what you might hear when you're driving in your car or sitting in the office. And I'm not complaining about that. I love the labor of it. I enjoy getting to meet people and connect with people and it's fun to prepare for an episode you're excited about. But when you don't have time to do that properly, the end product can suffer. And that's not to say that off-the-cuff episodes can't be fun or that everything has to be planned down to the minute, but the nature of most episodes that I've put out and the types of episodes I want to focus on in the future, they take much more time to put together. And that's why even to start with, I went with every other week as my goal for putting this podcast out because I knew every week just was not realistic for me to get things done. All that to say, that's why there's no guests this week. Because honestly, with my schedule right now and everything I have going on, I think that if I tried to do a guest-focused episode this week, it would be a disservice to them a disservice to my abilities, or, well, it would be a disservice to them, it'd be a disservice to you, and I don't think it'd be a true representation of my abilities, and I 
am not a fan of any of those three things happening, if I'm being completely honest. I want this to be fun, but I also want to produce things that I'm proud of. And I don't think that the type of episode I would have made with a guest this week would have been the best it could be. I have a theory, and I have nothing to prove this, but I have a theory that today the expectation of turnaround times and volume of creative folks is higher than it's ever been. The reason for that is that I think people assume because we have so many tools at our fingertips to publish content immediately, social media, the internet, even podcasts, I can record something, put it on the airwaves of the internet, and anybody anywhere can listen to it instantly, which is which is awesome. But I think because of that instantaneous effect that you and I experience when content is posted or, you know, we see a social media post that was posted two minutes ago. It says it right on there. Because it's published and is served to us so quickly, I think we forget of the time and effort leading up to that point still takes forever. I mean, even think back to like movie premieres. I can remember this when I was younger. Obviously, I've lived with the era of movies on demand and Netflix and streaming and all of that for quite a bit of my life. But I can remember the anticipation of a movie being announced that was going to be released and that they'd begin filming a new movie um, and they'd give little updates and you'd watch the trailers for the movie and all the movies that came out before it until finally it came out in the theaters. Now, if you were like me, you didn't get to go to the movie theater very often. Yeah, that's a dig at you, mom and dad. But I didn't get to go to the movie theater very often, so then you had to wait even longer until it was out on DVD, and then you had to go find it at the store and then buy it and take it home and watch it. I think we're seeing this a little more now with the new Top Gun movie because they haven't rushed to put it on DVD, on Blu-ray, on streaming, The only way you can watch it digitally as of, well, hold on, I should look at this just a minute. Yeah, so like I thought, Top Gun Maverick, the new Top Gun sequel, which by the way, if you haven't seen it, and I don't know anybody who's interested in seeing it that hasn't seen it yet, but if you want to see it and you're nervous that it's going to somehow detract from the original Top Gun movie, I highly recommend you go see it. Is it as good as the first one? No, it is not. Is it a total flub-up, biff, waste of a movie? No, it is not. It was much better than I expected. And if you're wanting to see it, I think you should go see it. But anyway, so Top Gun Maverick was released to theaters Friday, May 27th of 2022. We are in September, and I think it was the end of August when it finally made its way to digital platforms but only for purchase. So if I want to see Top Gun Maverick, still either got to go to the theater, because I think it's still playing in some, or buy it for $20 on Amazon virtually. I can't rent it. I can't just run out and grab it off of Amazon Prime quick as far as like to just rent it and see it. There's a little more commitment with that. So the people that are waiting to 
stream it on something they already own, whether that's Hulu, Amazon, my guess is, personally, my guess is that it will be Paramount, because it was a Paramount film, so it'll probably be Paramount Plus, but not sure on that. So people that are waiting to see it, they still have to wait. And I think that even though it has nothing to do with how long it took to make the movie, like, I get it. The movie was done long before May 27th, so it was definitely done long before September 10th. But I think the since the instant gratification of just being able to pull it up and stream it is gone, unless you're willing to pay $20, it makes people think about the length of time it took to create that movie as a piece of media. Am I making sense? Like, I think because we can, we can get media, we can get content faster today than ever, we forget how long it still takes to create good media, good content, good writing, good podcast episodes, good blog posts, good movies, all of that, because we can get it so quickly. So all of this ramble to say, it has been a journey of my mindset to get to this point, but Not that long ago, I decided that when I am feeling uninspired, I'm not excited to create or I don't feel like I have the bandwidth to create to the best of my ability, I'm just not going to. So this week, that means that this is the podcast episode you're getting, and that means that at least for the next month, I am going to take a hiatus from the podcast. Again, it's not, I'm not quitting, I'm not burnt out on it. I just know that I don't have the time and the bandwidth right now to commit the proper amount of energy to it to make it something that I enjoy and more importantly, something that you are going to want to listen to. So for that reason, this will be the last episode for a little bit until later in the fall when I've got some more time to get back to guests and Midwest topics and all of the things that this podcast was meant to be in the first place. So that doesn't mean there's not a place for episodes like this. But I think it's time to take a little breather, reset, and come back with some fresh new ideas, some exciting new guests. It can be a really hard thing to do as somebody who likes to create and also pressures themselves to create at times to step back and say, I need a break from this. And again, it's not because I'm sick of it, but I just know that the quality isn't going to be there. Somebody once told me that I don't have to write, even if I have a blog. I don't have to podcast and talk, even if I have a podcast, especially because my livelihood doesn't depend on this. I really do have the freedom to create how I want, when I want. And if that means that taking a month off is the best thing to do and is what's going to result in the best product in the end then that's what I'm going to do. And it doesn't mean that I still don't feel a little guilty about it or that I've somehow failed. But I think I've realized, even with my writing, that quality definitely trumps quantity. And sometimes you can't have both when you don't have the time to commit to it. Right now I'm working on another separate writing project. I've been working on it for over a year. I don't know how long it's going to take. I don't know what the final form is going to be. 
but I'm not ready to rush around and finish it just for the sake of finishing it because it's something that means a lot to me. It's something that I think will be something I'm really proud of and I want to be proud of it when it's done and so that means it may take another year may take two years. It might be something I work on for the next five years. I don't, I don't know. But I'm giving myself the space to work on it in a way that produces the best product and not in a way that produces the fastest final result. And like I said, when you're somebody that holds yourself to a schedule and a standard and a high level of expectations, that can be really hard to do. But I've seen it in my writing. When I take a month or even a year off from writing and I come back to it, the proof is in the product. I'm much more refreshed. I'm excited. When I am sitting down to write or podcast or whatever it might be, when I feel like I have something to say or when I have something I'm passionate about working on and not just because I feel like I have to write or I have to get a podcast episode done, the result is so much better because I'm excited about it. And when I'm excited about it, I hope that you can grasp onto that too. And sometimes that excitement comes and builds before you think it will or after you think it will. Um, So it's important to keep sitting down and trying it. So for example, this episode didn't ever figure we'd get to the half hour mark. So obviously there's some thought here that I've put into it and I'm glad that I'm sharing this. But sometimes you sit down to work on something and the excitement just isn't there. And I think you're better off to stand up and walk away than to sit and force yourself to try to make something out of nothing. So my final, I think final, thought on this topic before I quit rambling. If you feel this way, will you ever feel creative again? I think that's a feeling that... Well, I know that's a feeling I've struggled with. And I think if you're somebody who has a creative project you're working on, or even if it's just your job, your hobbies, whatever it might be, when you start to feel burnt out, uninspired, overwhelmed, unexcited, whatever that feeling looks like for you, but when it boils down to knowing it's time to take a break, for me, especially the first few times I did this, It was kind of scary. It felt very final and it shouldn't have, but I thought, okay, if I stop writing or I stop podcasting or I stop taking pictures or whatever it was that I'm working on, if I stop, will I ever be able or ever want to start again? And I think that was so scary for me because I knew, like I keep using writing as an example because writing is one that I have wrangled with for most of my life. I know it's something I love. It brings me joy. It helps me work through my thoughts and my feelings and gives me a chance to give some some sort of meaning to things I experience and go through and put them into words and ideas that someone else might relate to. So it's something I love. And so when you stop working on something that you love, you stop doing something you love, you start to wonder if you're just overwhelmed or if you're starting to not love it as much as you used to. 
and for something that's such a big part of your life, which whatever that thing might be for you, it can start to feel scary, like you're losing, almost losing a part of you. And I know that sounds really cheesy and somebody out there is making fun of me and that's fine. So that fear of, okay, I don't want to lose this thing. I don't want to to leave it. I just want to take a break. Sometimes that can prevent you from taking the break and taking the time and the reprieve that you need to get the most, not just the best product, but get the most out of that thing. Again, whatever that is for you. I've even experienced it with my hobbies. For example, I haven't really hiked at all this summer. And it's not because I don't want to, but I didn't have the time and the ideas of places to go and like the feeling of wanting to go that badly. So I would have felt like I was forcing myself to go. And I've got a trip planned this fall that I'm excited about that will involve hiking. So I I know I'm not losing that, that thing that I like. But it can even be a hobby that you you know you love, but you're not sure how it fits into your life at the present moment. So when you feel that way, what do you do? Guys, just take a break. And I, I tell you this, it's really me telling myself this. And obviously this whole episode is me trying to convince myself that taking two or four, whatever, however many weeks it is, off of the podcast is the right thing to do. So I sound like I have all the answers, and I do not. But I'm hoping that by me telling you all of this, the uh, the teacher can also be the student, so to speak, and I can take my own advice. When we put so much pressure on ourselves to turn the things we love into things that are easy, the things that we love can lose value. It doesn't mean that some things don't just come naturally to you. But just because something is easy doesn't mean it's your passion. And just because something is difficult doesn't mean it's not worth pursuing. I think that when we were growing up and we were taught about hobbies, and I even think some of this might have come out of the church, which I don't know that I'm being overly critical of the church, but I'm just making a an idea. I don't know if I, I don't know if this is a fully formed thought yet. So I might cut this part out. I'm not sure. But so I grew up Catholic in the church, and I think this is a very Christian thing. So of all denominations, we're taught that you know we all have gifts. God gives us all gifts. We all have things to contribute to the world. One hundred percent agree with that. I think that. A lot of the gifts that we have and the natural abilities we have are God-given. They come to us naturally. Sometimes we have to discover them. It takes time to find the root of them or figure out how we're going to use them. But I think we all have natural inborn talents, inborn gifts that God has given us and that we are intended to help build the world with, whatever that might look like for whatever talent or skill or ability it is that you and I and everybody else has. So thanks, God. Where I think that, and I don't think it's anything intentional. I think it's just incomplete teaching, maybe. I think when we get this watered down version as a student of 
like Christianity 101, Bible 101. In our church, it was CCD class. So like catechism classes. You can only learn so much from your classmates' parents one hour after school, one week out of the school year, one night a week out of the school year. And not even every week, a lot of times. You can only cover so much. And then you tack on that it's, you know, K through, well, K through 10, but like junior high students, elementary students, how in-depth can you get with a third grader about theology? You, you can't. The first step one is God loves you and be a good person. Like, that's a great place to start. So I don't know how to fix this, but I can draw a lot of cause for this feeling of, you know, well, if I'm good at writing, it should just come naturally to me. Or if I'm good at helping people, it should just come naturally to me. If I'm, you know, good at being a parent, it should just come naturally to me. Whatever whatever it is for you. I can draw a lot of that back to the way we were taught about our gifts in church. And that was that God gives you talents and when you discover them, you need to use them. And you need to help other people with them and, you know, use them to make the world a better place. And I fully agree with that. But I think when we talk about gifts and we talk about, you know, our God-given abilities, it's always painted in this picture of, like, one day you wake up and you just have a vision that you're meant to, I'm trying to think of like a good, not tacky example and something that has nothing to do with me. So this quits being all about me. But whatever, this is my podcast. I don't give a shit. I mean, I don't give a crap. No, I don't. I don't give a shit. There's this whole idea that one day I wake up and I hop out of bed and I have this vision or God comes to me in a dream and says, your talent is to write and to speak to people and share your thoughts. And then you do it. And then the world is just a better place. I wish it worked that way, but I don't think it does, at least not most of the time. Like maybe the first time that you discover a talent or a gift you have, like maybe the first time that you realize it, it feels easy because you weren't doing anything that was out of the ordinary to you and it didn't seem any different than anything else. It was just you being you. But I think after you're aware of what you're good at and how it compares to everything else, especially as you get older, the pressure to be better at whatever the thing you're good at is, again, whatever that is, maybe it's somebody who's a really great teacher and they come to that as, you know, a student or in school because they help other kids with their homework. And that doesn't feel hard because the coursework comes naturally to them and they like to help people. But 10 years down the road, they are a teacher in a classroom and they're struggling because either they're burnt out or they have difficult classroom situations, whatever it might be. I think a lot of that guilt, especially, like I said, especially if you're Christian, a lot of that guilt when your gifts don't feel as natural and easy breezy beautiful cover girl as you think they should comes from this picture that we've painted of realizing and using our gifts that it should just be easy. And I, like I said, I don't think it's intentional or that it's been taught that way to cover up like some of the difficulties of having gifts. 
but I think we fail to talk about, and I don't just mean this in, in a church sense, I mean this just in general as human beings, I think we fail to talk about the challenges that can come with gifts that we possess. And whether it's the dark sides of some of those gifts, for instance, if you're a really natural born helper, you know, the mom, friend, whatever you want to call it, like that shit's got a dark side. You can neglect your own needs and you can stop advocating for yourself. So there's that whole part of it. But we also fail to talk about that sometimes the things we're good at still don't come easy to us all of the time. It's not an all or nothing thing. So I just think, I feel like my episode in my mind is of like the very Christian's version of like not, it would certain it of course would not be the anti-Christian episode. Like I've said once, I'll say it again. Like I am Christian. I believe in God. But I think it's healthy to be able to look back on the way you were brought into any religion, whatever that is for you. I think it's okay to look at some of that with a critical eye and ask some questions. And I think I can see a lot of things I struggle with today. And it's some of it's simple stuff, like what we're talking about here. And it might not even be that I disagree with what I was taught or the doctrine, for me, the doctrine of the Catholic Church, but I think there's just gaps that have we've failed to fill in in our teaching of religion and our discussions of faith. And I think this whole, to round this out, this whole conversation of the gifts and how we use them and how they do or don't come to us is a great example So I really did not intend to get theological in this episode, but sometimes it happens. And it just helps me make my point great because sometimes when you're just inspired and thinking about something, you got to go with it and see what comes out. And we started off about how I was lazy and procrastinated. And now we're talking about um, my hindsight opinion of my upbringing in the Catholic faith. So... (laughs) Thanks for tuning in, guys. But seriously, this is this is a topic I'm passionate about. It's something, it's a conversation I've had with all kinds of friends, both creative people like myself and people who maybe fall in a different category. But I think that it's okay, in conclusion, it's okay to realize when either you're burnt out or something that is supposed to be fun and enjoyable is not. And sometimes taking a little step back is the best thing to keep what you love as something that you love. So, all of that to say, I'm taking a short hiatus from the podcast once again. Um, I would anticipate it will probably be a month before I have an episode out. So it may be a little sooner, maybe a little later, but I really want the next episodes I get back to to have guests because I know those are the episodes that the most people like to listen to. Um, Those are the episodes I enjoy. So some of this is good too, but I'm really ready to get back to some guests. I have some ideas and giving myself a good month to get those scheduled 
will give me some more flexibility that I've kind of neglected to create for myself. So thank you for hanging out with me today and allowing me the space to give you some thoughts on a topic that I didn't really even know I had much of an opinion on until I was trying to figure out the best way to explain and put out there that I was going to take a little break without just disappearing because I know it doesn't matter, but that would feel kind of weird. So I hope that you have enjoyed the time that you've spent with me. I know I've certainly enjoyed the time that you've let me spend with you. If you have thoughts, let me know. I'd love to hear your opinion on this topic. And like I said, I think there's a lot of different rabbit holes this conversation could jump off into. So we'll see if someday down the road, maybe I do a part two or a semi-sequel, or maybe it'd be a prequel to this episode. I'm not really sure, but I definitely did not expect this episode to run almost an hour. So if you're even still listening at this point, it's a miracle. I'd love to know why you've stuck around this long, but yeah, it's, it's good for me to verbalize my thoughts on these kinds of things. It helps me have to put them in concrete terms. So at a minimum, you have helped me today. So hopefully I've done the same for you. If you have enjoyed the topics that we've discussed today, normally I'd say if you've enjoyed my tangents and taste and guests, but haven't had a guest in a while. If you've enjoyed what we've talked about today, feel free to leave a five-star rating and subscribe or follow the podcast on whatever platform you listen on. If you have guest ideas, please shoot me an email, a message, a text, a call, or a carrier pigeon, and let me know whose story you would like to hear next. I hope you have a great rest of your day. I hope you have a great week, and because I probably won't talk to you for a while, a great month. Enjoy the start of fall, and I promise I will be back soon with some fantastic guests to show why the Midwest truly is the best. Take care, guys, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye.